Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, guys, welcome back to part two of our oral history of the Ryder Cup every event since 1999. If you missed part one, that covers 1999 through 2008. This podcast is going to cover 2010 through 2016. Enjoy. 2010 is surprisingly really fun. And it starts before... This is Corey Pavin? This is Corey Pavin. It starts before we get to the Ryder Cup. Um, This is Corey Pavin versus Monty. Which it's an absolute disgrace Where at, at uh, Celtic, Celtic Manor, Manor in Manor, Wales. Yeah. Absolute disgrace that Monty was not a captain in Scotland. Yeah, um, Celtic Manor is like a new resort course built like at the bottom of this valley in one of the worst weather spots in the entire world. So they, this whole event is so, just so they're going to need good rain seats. Ransacked <laughs> by rain. We're going to get there for the rosters for Monty's I, uh, Monty's team. Lee Westwood, Rory McIlroy, age twenty-one, is making his first appearance. Martin Keimer is a 25-year-old rookie. Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Ross Fisher, Francesco Molinari, Miguel, Peter Hansen, Eduardo Molinari, Luke Donald, and Padraig Harrington. The flying Molinari brother. Correct. Uh, Corey Pavin's team is uh, Phil Mickelson, Hunter Mahan, Bubba Watson, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, Dustin Johnson, Jeff Overton, and Matt Kuchar. Oh, and his captain's Jeff choices. Overton, I forgot about that. His Boom, cap- baby. His captain choices are Zach Johnson, Tiger Woods, Stuart Sink, and Ricky Fowler, a 21-year-old rookie. This is the beginning of him getting into Randy's keister. <laughs> so 2010. So Tiger needs a captain's pick because he's shooting like 79 at Bridgestone, and he's just kind of like he had a in the deep in the wilderness. He so, had not that bad of a year. He only missed one cut that year. He had seven oh. top tens in 12 starts, but okay, it was coming off Firestone. Uh, he did not have great finishes in the majors that year, which were a lot of the points were, and he missed a lot of time in 09. Or I guess he... I don't know exactly how he didn't get... He, he wasn't... Yeah, this was when it started to go bad, though, right? This yeah. was right after the Firestone. DJ's won... He's 26 at the time. He won the 08 Turning Stone Championship. So basically, he's done all of his winning since the last Ryder Cup. Right. Yeah, because like that year, 2010, he won his second AT&T Pebble in a row, and then he won the BMW Championship. And he basically won the U.S. Open before he blew up. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, the U- yes, the U.S. vice captains are Paul Goidos, <laughs> Tom Lehman, Davis Love, and Jeff Sluman. Paul Goido's never played in Ryder Cup, but he's a Ryder Cup. He's just a good guy. Uh, Prince Charles spoke at the opening ceremonies. And back in August, Jim Gray and Corey Pavin got in a heated exchange at the PGA Championship. God, Jim Gray is the worst. (laughs) In a report that aired on Tuesday night, Gray said Pavin would use a captain's pick on Woods if he failed to make the team on points. Gray quoted Pavin as saying, of course I'm going to pick him. He's the best player in the world. On Wednesday morning, Pavin said on Twitter that he was misquoted, and he said in a press conference that Gray's port was incorrect. After Pavin finished taking questions Wednesday afternoon, he and Gray confronted each other in the Whistling Straits Media Center. Standing nose-to-nose with Pavin, Gray called him a liar and said, You're going down. Pavin responded, You're full of it. 
The conf confrontation took place in front of media members assembled for Pavin's press conference with his counterpart from the European team, Colin Montgomery. At one point in the exchange, Gray started to walk away, prompting Pavin to say, you're just going to walk off? Gray then returned to face Pavin, and the men continued jawing each other in, in raised voices. Pavin's wife, Lisa, also joined the fray. Um, she gets the, more important in the story, She too. does. Uh, and then later, Pavin says, let's get this straightened out. I had a conversation with Jim Gray yesterday just outside the locker room where we registered, and he asked me a few questions, and his interpretation of what I said is incorrect. There's nobody promised any picks. It would be disrespectful to anybody trying to make the team. Uh, I just said, you're full of something. I'm not going to let that happen. He got upset. His eyes were a little odd. <coughs> he was just a little crazy. Pavin's wife was extremely agitated about the exchange and ripped Gray for not broaching the issue when more reporters were in the room. She was overheard complaining to a PGA of America official that Jim Gray was a wuss. Uh, so this is the same summer as the decision. So people were like extra mad at Jim Gray at this time. And uh, when was the Pete Rose thing? I was I was there that night at the, at, at, at the Pete Rose at thing? the All Star Game in Atlanta. At the Pete what Rose what year was that? That would have been before this. That that would have been like oh four, like okay. oh three. Oh so four. Jim Gray's got a. Persona non grata. Yeah, this is kind of on the tail end of Jim Grayness, I'd say. Um, you got to remember, this right? was post-Scandal Cat, too, at this yeah. time. Pavin said that he was not concerned about how Woods would be perceived by the wives and girlfriends of his teammates after Woods' high-profile sex scandals. <laughs> oh, he showed up solo, right? He did. He showed up stag. Woods played... Yeah, Ricky he, style. Yeah. He had, I'm sorry. He had 12 events, two top 10s, seven top 25s, only one. Okay, that cut. sounds a little yeah, more... Yeah. Lee Westwood was number three in the world at the time and soon to be number one. So, so Rick was a captain's pick. 21-year-old rookie captain's pick. What were his credentials? Uh, that was the year I think. He was playing well. He was, he was bucking. Where's orange? <laughs> Very marketable. <laughs> I mean, does PGA that? PGA of America likes money. It's an, it's an exhibition, is it not? I think that they, they needed some. I don't know who the, uh, who the close calls really were in 2010. But his uh, Ricky Fowler's 2010 season, he had a T5 at the Farmers. He had second at the Phoenix, T8 at Verizon, sixth at Quail Hollow, runner-up at Memorial that year, um, T5 at the CVS Caremark Charity Classic. <laughs> oh, man. See, Randy? Uh, and then, yeah, he didn't have a ton of great finishes leading up. So it sounds like it was, it was you know, he was a lot of being in contention, but, but not a lot of winning. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be accurate, Randy? I mean, that's certainly what it sounds like. So, uh, this event was just mauled by weather, and uh, which is a very important part of the next part. So, as a result of the long suspension of play on the first day due to heavy rain, the format for the rest of the competition was changed to try to bring a conclusion to the matches on Sunday. But there was further rain on, on Sunday that revised, they revised that the singles would be on Monday. And so because of the changes, there were a couple firsts. For the first time in the history of the Ryder Cup, all 24 players took part in pairing sessions at the same time in six pairings as opposed to the usual, usual four. Uh, and another first for the event, both foursome and four-ball matches were played in the same session at the same time. And it's also the first time that this competition went to a fourth day. So, Man, I forgot about that they changed all the format. Oh, yeah. So session one was Friday and Saturday because they had a delay of uh, seven and a half hours. That four ball matches. Would Which was sweet because in the States you got to go back to sleep. Correct. And you didn't miss anything. Uh, four ball better, uh, matches were on uh, session one, four ball Friday <coughs> and Saturday. Session two was Saturday. Six foursome alternate shot matches. So everyone on the course at the same time. Session three, two foursome and four four ball matches. That was Saturday and Sunday. And then all the singles on Monday. So. Is this when Ricky 
Yes. Chunks was, of chip. No, that's oh, no, mayhem. Ricky oh. was like I Ricky Birdie. Yeah. He was four down with four to play on yeah. one of the Molinari's. Uh, Eduardo, Eduardo, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's number of points stay the same. Came back and five for a tie. <laughs> but still, the point still stands. An interesting that, note. That kind of fits into Randy's narrative, <laughs> though. By captain's agreement, the matches would conclude at sundown Monday if not completed before then. Any matches still in progress would be considered halved at that point. So if they didn't finish Monday, they were just going to call all the matches halved. Like it really, That's, that sounds pretty President's Cuppy to me. It does. Well, imagine if it like if it came down to like the last couple of matches and darkness hit, but your team is losing, and you're like, no, no, not no, not calling it. And yeah. You end up finishing. It's in the much lighter time. out here than here. Yeah. Um, so four ball sessions on Monday it was suspended at 9:43 and started up at 5 p.m. Um, this was right around. The, this was the full white belt ep- epidemic. Like team <laughs> uniforms were, were white belts back then. They had the pink sweaters, which were horrible. The lilac sweaters. Li- the lilac. Yeah, that sorry. was that comes on Saturday, but the uni- uniform controversy begins on Friday. So apparently, all of the fashion decisions made uh, for the 2010 Ryder Cup were made by Corey Pavin's wife, Lisa. Leading up to the event, Lisa Pavin. Lisa sounds like an alpha. Oh, thir- <laughs> she does. I was thinking the same thing. Apparently, in this in this the Guardian sto- in this this story from the Guardian, uh, this is an important note. Lisa Pavin, thirty six. Pavin Corey is fifty, uh, who is happy to be referred to as Captainess, takes a nude photo draped in a red, white, and blue flag that's not the American flag. Is on the cover of <laughs> Avid Golfer, naked. Draped in a flag. It kind of looks like a... Avid golfer. Yeah. I think my subscription had lapsed at that, <laughs> at that point. I don't remember getting that one. I have to look that one up. <laughs> the brutal weather has claimed the first... Ca- the Guardian says, the, the brutal weather has claimed the first casualty of the 2010 Ryder Cup. The U.S. team's waterproofs. Officials from the PGA of America had to be dispatched to the merchandise tent at Celtic Manor to buy some new suits. It cost them 4,000 pounds. They absorb too much water, which means they're too heavy. The American caddies have been complaining about them all week, and so have the players, said one source inside the European camp. Ian Poulter looked delighted at seeing Americans reemerge in different rain gear. I can see them on right now. Ours are keeping us nice and dry. That's all I'm going to say. The uniforms, which are dark blue with two white stripes and the player's name emblazoned across the back, have already been widely criticized this week on Fashion Grounds with unflattering comparisons being made with basketball tracksuits. Wait, they had their names across the back? That's what caused the issue, is the names caused the, the, the names weren't waterproof. So like all the water was going straight through them. But they also look horrifically not waterproof. Yeah. Shout out um, to Sun Mountain, I believe. Phil, Basically, I, everyone was making Sun Mountain yeah. jokes for like two more years. I wish, I wish we could have photos in a podcast. Like the photos of Phil playing in this rain suit, just like it just drenched. Up. Like he doesn't look like any, any water has bounced off of him. It says here that Lisa Pavin did like all the aesthetics for everybody's hotel rooms and like one, like basically every detail you could possibly yeah. imagine. This is. Um, the uniforms, which were uh, so the the official supplier Sun Mountain failed to keep players dry from the downpour that stopped for play for more than seven hours. Uh, so yeah, they had to buy waterproof jackets, which were around 120 pounds plus 50 pound trousers for players and caddies. Um, Paul Laurie said it's unbelievable. I assume they would have been tested, and it seems like an incredible lapse. Uh, privately, sources at the company claim part of the trouble of the stitch was the stitching, specifically requested by the USA, which caused significant leakage problems. Lisa Pavin's flag cover. It looks like she's wearing the French flag. It does. It does. 
Um, rain suit companies are emailing writers asking if they want to run stories on it. Like it just everybody's going nuts over these rain suits. So, and this embarrassment follows the gap by U.S. Captain Corey Pavin at the opening ceremony when he forgot to introduce Stuart Sink. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tron's boy. So the U.S. leads two and a half, one and a half after the first session. U.S. comes out in their lilac sweaters on Saturday. The foursomes go the U.S.'s way, and they lead this six is, to four. That's when Jeff Overton starts bucking his head. Not yet. Really? Oh, he's playing well. He's playing, he's playing well. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's playing well. Um, they lead six to four heading to Sunday with sixteen matches still pending. So, um, but the play for this Sunday play uh, begins on Saturday afternoon. Two foursomes and four four balls. And when the mat when darkness halts play, Europe is leading in all six matches. Uh, so this is, again, the U.S. is winning, but Europe leads in all six. Severe weather overnight delayed play until 1.20 on that Sunday as they're running water on the fairways. And the hills around the course are just mud. It's just absolute mess. Like every ball, this was pre, I think this is pre the groove change, right? That was like off-season right 2010. The same time, yeah. So like every player's ball is just hitting and spinning like 30 yards on the softest greens. How old was, a, uh, was Celtic Manor? At this point, um, good question. Like, was it relatively new course? I think it was. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the 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 course is called the 2010 course. So they so built the purpose built just for the, the Ryder Cup. Cup, correct? So on that disgrace. on that's, that Saturday, you love that. Stuff. That's a disgrace. <laughs> photographer for the Daily Mail, Mark Payne, captures the famous Tiger photo with the cigar guy in the background. <laughs> Rupesh Shingdaya is the gentleman who was later interviewed and said, I'm embarrassed and overwhelmed. Never in a million years could I have expected anything like this. It is truly surreal. Rupesh said his costume was a tribute to Spanish golfer Miguel Angel Jimenez. I wanted to show my support for the European team, and I thought of Miguel. These days, sportsmen have become devoid of character. But Miguel does his own thing, and I love the way he walks around the course with a cigar clamped between his teeth. And you can't tell in the photo, but he's got a wig, pony t- like a ponytail on. Like you can see, just, it almost looks like he has a head wrap on, but it's actually a Miguel wig, like with a full ponytail. Did Cat's ball hit the photographer's lens? It hit lens. the camera. It hit the camera. It and break it hit, the lens? I don't know if it broke the lens. Um, so Woods pretty much shanked the shot, and it hit Payne's camera. Woods was said to be furious about the blunder, but neither he nor Caddy Steve Williams objected to Payne's position. And some are describing the photograph as one of the as one of the best sports pictures ever taken. It won he won Sports Photographer of the Year at the British Press Awards, and the meme goes viral. This cigar guy's face is on the Statue <laughs> of Liberty, on like Muhammad Ali posters, and my favorite, he's photoshopped onto every person's face in the photo, including Tiger's. <laughs> and so Tiger's has to play the ball where it where, where it ended ends. up. Yeah. Okay. So God, that cameraman almost got murked though. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Um, it was a ch- it was like a, somewhat of a chip shot, so it wasn't like a full oh, full gotcha. shank. But Sunday, thank you for your service. Into the Sunday, Jeff Overton and Bubba are paired together. His second shot into the eighth, Jeff Overton holds it. He goes, "Boo, baby, come <laughs> on!" And Bubba comes yelling out of nowhere. He and Bubba just woo woo. And Bubba yells, "Come on, baby, boom, baby, I can say it too. Come on!" And Jeff Overton, like, like in the middle of the celebration, like, looks at him like. What are you doing? It sounds like Jeff Overton. It sounds like PXG needs to trip off Jeff Overton. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, they might have stolen that. They might. Have, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Bubba, so, I remember him almost sounding like he was like making fun of Jeff Overton. Yeah, he's like, basically. I could say it too, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like he wasn't really excited, but he was kind of like, all right, man, like 
Yeah, cool. Like, let's get excited. This is awesome. This is kind of like peak Bubba starting to yeah. show his weird nature, I think. I was going to say, I I don't think Jeff Overton and Bubba Watson would get along. They seem like two guys that would not be into each other's acts. Uh, I, I don't know who you pair with Bubba. That's the thing. Is So Bubba, in this event, he goes one and three. Um, who else did they pair him with? Bubba played with Overton. How was he not with Ricky? He played with Overton in foursomes. He played yeah, or Overton four ball. Got, you got to pair the golf boys together. Yeah. So the Bubba and uh, Overton boom baby. That was in four ball. They lost the match. They went on to lose two down to Peter Hansen and Miguel. Uh, Peter Hansen. Sink and Kucher are the only ones to scrape out a half point out of the six matches. So the U.S. loses five and a half to to a half in the session. Heads to the last day down nine and a half, six and a half. Cat and Stricker lost to Westwood and Donald six and five in that session. Ooh. Not great. Singles are on Monday and they are phenomenal. Big Cat comes out and makes seven birdies and an eagle to just baptize Francesco Molinari. <laughs> and Stu Sink was in the second match. He gets let off the hook for what happened because Hunter Mayhem takes a ton of the blame for the 2010 Ryder Cup. Yeah. Go back and watch the singles. Stu Sink three putts the 13th. He drives 15, which is like the easiest par four ever. It's this weird, super weird hole. It's like a three wood. And there's an option to lay up, but literally no one lays up. Drives the green. Rory puts it in the bunker. Uh, and Rory gets up and down, sink three putts. And then he goes to 17, misses a six-foot birdie putt to go one up, and then misses a 12-foot birdie putt on the last hole to win the match. And if he wins that match, the U.S. retains the Ryder Cup. I hate to see it. Let off the hook. Uh, Ricky is off fourth to last. He's four down at the turn and three down with three to play. Uh, he 100% needs to get a have, or else Mahan has to come back and win his match against Graham McDowell. So he wins 16. And again, he's dormy, drains a 20-foot putt to extend the match on 17. And the U.S. team is all gathered there, and they erupt. Goes to 18, and he has a 15-footer on 18 for the half, and he drains it again. Secures the half point, picks his ball up, throws it in the water. The question is, do you think Ricky put himself in that position on purpose? Are you, ask, are you asking me? I'm asking Randy. <laughs> Listen, probably not, but I can't rule it out for sure. Great backdoor half point, though. <laughs> Uh, Mickelson finally found his game. He beat Peter Hansen 4-2. Uh, he didn't win either of his first three matches. All comes down to Hunter Mahan versus Graham McDowell. If Mahan can eke out a half, the U.S. retains the cup. So, and Mahan did not make a birdie until the 15th hole. So in that regard, he does deserve What do we fight. think about putting Hunter Mahan in the, the anchor match? I don't think he was the anchor match. Let me, let me double-check that. Oh, he was the anchor match. I think they. I might thought have I remember Corey him. Pavin doing like the press conference the night before or whatever, being like, "Oh, Hunter Mahan, he's he's the guy. He was asking to go last. He's he's a rock back there. He's just super steady." It and did not go great. It didn't go that he's, way. I think Lisa should have been making the lineup. <laughs> I think Lisa should have go, gone out last. <laughs> His first DJ birdie should have gone out last. <laughs> Uh, what did he, DJ do in singles? He eviscerated. Um, <laughs> he did not have a great Ryder Cup, but he destroyed Martin, Martin Keimer six and four. Um, Mahan makes his first birdie on the fifteenth hole, but he's only one down somehow. And fifteen was a super easy hole. McDowell makes a downhill left to right sliding putt for birdie on sixteen. And again, everyone's gathered around this match now. It's the only ma- match left out on the course, and there's so many fans surrounding it. And this putt is on the low side the whole time, falls in the, in the, in the cup, and he just unleashes two-arm fist pump, and the crowd just goes absolutely nuts. So, two up with two to play. Mayhem needs to win both the 17th and 18th, and the U.S. will retain the cup. 17th of par three, comes up short. 
and he needs to basically hole it to extend play, and he chunks the chip. Fails to hold the par putt and concedes should, about he a – You should have putted it. Concedes <laughs> about a four-footer to McDowell to end it, sending the crowd to rush the 17th green. Mahan couldn't speak in the press conference because he was crying so hard. Stu Sink covered for him and said, if you go up and down the line of tour players in Europe and the U.S. and ask them if they'd like to be the last guy to decide the Ryder Cup, probably less than half would say they want to be that guy and probably less than 10% of them would mean it. Hunter Mahan put himself in that position today. He was a man, uh, a man on our team to put himself in that position. Hunter performed like a champ out there today, all right. I think it was awesome. He was exhausted from the big dinners. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you gotta wonder, right? It seems like karmic payback. Uh, all of Europe's six rookies, uh, none of them won a singles match. Tiger ended up going three and one. The U.S. won three of the four sessions and had the cup coming into it. Just needed to retain it. Here's some, here's a here's a theory. Cat didn't start playing well in Ryder Cups until he and Elon's relationship dissolved. Maybe because yeah. he felt like you know he felt like he had to. Elon was like a you know, like an agent, like a double agent. Oh, you're saying because of her nationality. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, I was I'm not following. sure where you're going with that. I one. was a little nervous. About it, to be <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. You're saying he just had too much respect for the Swedes at that point. Exactly. He played exactly. well in this one, but yeah, I was not, not suggesting anything. <laughs> yeah. He did not play well in 2012. Okay. So, and that's the last Ryder Cup that the Big Cats played in. So. That's 2010. The U.S. loses 14 and a half, 13 and a half. Um, was like, that the same year that Graham McDowell uh, beat Tiger in the at uh, Sherwood? Oh, well, he won. He won Pebble. Won the U.S. Open, and yeah. then he had the Ryder Cup thing. And then I thought he didn't he go into like playoff with Tiger at the, at the at, Chevron at World Chevron, and he I just think he, that was after the uh, maybe that was 11 after the Ryder Cup. Well, no, it was after t- the Ryder Cup for sure. Tiger yeah. won it in 11. So yeah, in 2010, that was when yeah. Graham McDowell beat Tiger. Yeah, he just yeah. had all these huge stage moments yeah he had quite the year so that's one european victory we've still got a couple more to get through it's worth pointing out at this time that callaway has recently come out with a team europe version with a european flag yellow and blue design on their popular chrome soft truvis golf ball you guys know about the stars and stripes version that has the patriotic red white and blue design uh, which is fitting since all of callaway's chrome soft balls are made here in the united states well, now they also have this European version, and word from uh, the guys at Callaway is these things are flying off the shelf. Both these golf balls feature everything you love about the performance of ChromeSoft. Graphene-infused outer core, which allows Callaway to engineer an incredible-feeling golf ball. Low spin off the tee with increased shot-stopping spin around the green. So Stars and Stripes and European ChromeSoft Truvis golf balls are available in limited qualities online and in retail stores. So... Visit CallawayGolf.com for more info and be sure to pick up yours before they're gone. Now let's get caught up with the final three Ryder Cups. All right, 2012, the miracle at Medina. Davis Love III versus Jose Maria Orotabo. This is one of those I was like really invested in. Yeah. I yeah. watched, I think, all three days. The this miracle a, at Mangina. A really, really good one. DL3's team is Tiger Woods, Bubba Watson, Jason Duffner, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Phil Mickelson, Steve Stricker, Jim Furyk, Brant Snedeker, and Dustin Johnson. Like, that's a good team. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, the U.S. performed really well. Well, the conditions were really tough out there. Uh, <laughs> team Europe is Rory, Justin Rose, Paul Laurie, uh, Graham McDowell, Francesco Molinari, Luke Donald, Lee Westwood, Sergio, Peter Hansen, Martin Keimer, and Nick Colsarts and Ian Poulter are the captain's picks. <laughs> the how, about, how about Paul Laurie? Yeah. 
That was he was like yeah, a late career resurgence there. Third ranked on the European points list for that. Um, I was gonna say there's always a uh, there's always a Swede too in the bunch. Uh, Medina undergoes a restoration in advance of the event. All new greens and a new 15th hole. And before the 2012 Cup, Europe players Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia criticized the course, particularly for its lack of rough trees and other hazards. Garcia said, "Lack of trees, huh?" There's not a lot of thinking when you get to the tee. You can pretty much hit it nice and hard, and even if you miss, pretty much every time you have a shot. Uh, three rookies on the U.S. side make it on points, which are Duffner, Keegan, and Webb. The captain's picks are Stricker, Furyk, Sneds, and DJ. The European team has 10 veterans make it on points, and the captain's picks are Poulter and Colsarts, and Colsarts is the only rookie. Of the 28 matches played, only one was halved, which was the very last match. That's so, crazy. Whoa. Yeah. How about that? Morning forces. Uh, morning foursomes are a tie. The duo of Phil and Keegan was on full display, dominating Donald and Garcia. This the, shit puts me in a bad mood. The, <laughs> ma- the match ends on the 15th green. Why do you say that? It was like that. It was such a bro fest the whole week. Pepsi's, the two wa- of Pepsi's waving the flag yeah, around his like, head. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're chest bumping, and Keegan's acting like a cheese dick. And... P.D. Pablo style, Pepsi whips the flag above his head after, the, <laughs> after they the close the match on the 15th. Uh, the same duo beats Rory and G-Mac in the afternoon. The U.S. wins 3 of 4 and takes a 5 to 3 lead. Tiger and Stricker go 0 for 2 on the day. Nick Colsart shoots an afternoon 62 to lead he and Westwood to the one-up win. He shoots 62 and they only win one up? That was when Cat shot like 65 and got beat. Um, and Stricker couldn't find the club face, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, when Stricker loses it, yeah. like... Oh, Stricker, so listen, sideways. I love Steve Stricker. He cost us the 2012 Ryder Cup. We'll get there. John, were you Team Euro at this point? This was the the beginnings of... of He's a front runner. The, he saw the seeds he, after they had their huge comeback. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I think I like these guys. Uh, well, no, and you notice how Solly says we? <laughs> I'm a, I, were you I in waved, the team room? I, waved, I was at the event. Were you in the team room? I was a, a attending fan wearing the red, white, and blue. He was a I'm te- part he of was, the team. He was team room adjacent. He was a 13th man. I was a 13th man. <laughs> That's another good debate. Um, morning foursomes are Justin Rose and Ian Poulter. This is Saturday morning against Bubba and Webb. Uh, Bubba on Friday morning pumped up the crowd as he as he went to hit his – I'm sorry, on, on uh, Friday That's afternoon right. pumped up that. the crowd to hit his opening tee shot. Poulter is up first in this foursomes match, and as on the on opposing soil, pumps up the crowd at Medina and hits his tee shot. Bubba follows suit, and then and they did it. What Bunch of sheep? What's that? All the, the crowd cheered for him. Well, there was a there was a loud ole 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 that came out, and then the U.S. fans overwrought them with the USA, oh, okay. right. USA. Were the fanatics there? The fanatics were know, not I there. I don't think so. They're uh, they're getting ready for uh, for. What was for Muirfield Village? Right. Um, uh, so Rose <laughs> the American generals might have been there. Whatever the, the <laughs> knockoff fanatics. So uh, Rose and Poulter beat Bubba and uh, and Webb, and then Keegan and Phil beat Lee Westwood and Luke Donald seven and six in morning foursomes. Uh, and this is where some of the controversy comes in. Tiger's number one in the world and sits out that uh, that morning, as everybody was sitting at least one match. Uh, the U.S. is leading 8-4 to four after the morning foursomes. Phil and Keegan are 3-0 and oh and absolutely on fire. Phil insists that they sit for the afternoon four ball. He says, you cannot put that on, that on Davis. If anything, it was me. Keegan and I knew going in that we were not playing in the afternoon, and we said in the first, on the first tee we're going to put everything we have into this one match because we're not playing in the afternoon. 
We got the tend. I went to Davis and said, listen, you're seeing our best. You cannot put us in the afternoon because we are emotionally and mentally are not prepared for it. So in the afternoon, Bubba and Webb just eviscerate Rose and Molinari, five and four, and the U.S. leads 10 to four. Uh, Garcia and Donald beat Woods and Stricker, which is a common theme. That team is now 0-3. Poulter birdies the last five holes on Saturday to win against DJ and Duffner one up. Jesus. Absolutely brutal. Was so this the bug eyes moment? Or was this just the, the bug eyes? Out? Yeah. Birdies last five. Now it's 10 to six going into singles. So that's the first. He's playing with Rory, right? Uh, yeah, Rory's yeah. just like along for a ride. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I go back to for the ridiculous sequence of events that had to happen for this comeback. And we'll get there. Sunday, the U.S. just wilts. Europe wins the first five matches on the board. All right, can we talk about let's let's, yep. let's go through and talk about where everybody got sent out because that's cool. I find well, that let, interesting. Before we do that, let's talk about Rory almost not getting to the golf course. The world's number one. <laughs> the world's number one golfer needed a police escort to make it to the first tee on time Sunday after mixing up his time zones. He made it with ten minutes to spare, giving him just enough time to scarf down an energy bar, take a few strokes on the putting green, and hustle to the tee. I've never been so worried. That's the, the Randy warm up. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I've never oh, been sorry, so, guys. I overslept. <laughs> never been so worried driving to the course before. Luckily, there was a state trooper who gave me the escort to here. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have got here in time. He was reading the times on his phone, saw that he and Bradley were teeing off at 1225. One problem, that was Eastern time. Medina is in, or uh, Chicago is on Central time. He was on the first tee at 1122 with three minutes to spare, a sheepish grin on his face. Fans were well aware of the gap, and they serenaded him with a chance of Central time zone. And what's your tea time? I think this. Was, I, I think that was a false flag. There's there is there any way that this story can be true? The, there's some details here that I had not heard before. Again, don't know what's true. Two U.S. PGA. Like was he was he planning on arriving one hour and three minutes ahead of his tea time? Two U.S. PGA transport officials, Maggie Budzar and Erica Stoll, who, who coordinated player shuttle services to That's the right. Ryder Cup venue, That's also offered crucial assistance to McElroy. Budzer said it was 10.30 a.m. I knew J.P. Fitzgerald had left about an hour earlier. I knew Rory's tee time was 11.25, and he was the third group to go off, and we still hadn't seen him. I started getting worried that something had happened to him or that he had taken a different ride of the course. There was only one room still in use when housekeeping checked and a male voice said not to come in. We figured it had to be him because by now we knew he wasn't at the course. I called the guys at the driving range to see if they'd seen him. They hadn't, so I called the European tour officials to alert them. At first, I was going to drive him to the course because I knew the way and didn't want to put a volunteer under stress in the courtesy car. I then asked a trooper at the front if he could take him with the flashlight on. He said it would be okay. I gave Rory the choice, and he went straight to the front seat of the trooper's car. That was 10.52 a.m. It's disgusting that's that he got a police flag. escort too. Yeah, I think. Do you I think, think that's, that's a, like just like a flagrant use of taxpayer money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know he should have to he should have to battle traffic and everything like normal people to get to your tea time. Rory steps up and beats Keegan two and one, <laughs> shooting five under in the process. <laughs> so That's the, pretty sweet. And then he married Erica. And yeah, played married one of the the coordinators of the rides. Uh, the order that they sent out. It's the least he could do. Yeah, the order they're sent out is Bubba and Webb one and two. Okay. Keegan, Phil, Sneds, DJ, ZJ, Furick. Duffner, Kucher, Stricker, Tiger. Stricker, Tiger, like Stricker had been them. struggling, but Tiger had been playing well, right? No, well, well he'd been playing pretty yeah. well, but they were both zero and three. They were zero and three as a team. So, 
Uh, I don't know if they're hiding them back there or what, what the scenario was. I know Stricker was not playing well, so that, that is the best attempt to hide him. Which I know, I, the whole order thing, I, I struggle to really see the importance of it. I think it's kind of all the matches are going to count the same regardless of the order. Yeah, I guess it's a momentum thing. I guess if I that's a I mean, real you can, thing. You hear the cheers going around. The momentum is like momentum is real. Unless yeah. it's just uh, this goes back to TV producers being the keeper of the takes. You know, unless they're just that good at, you know, packaging things to show momentum on TV, yeah. then momentum's a real thing. Like you can even though people are spread out across the golf course playing different holes, it just seems like I mean that's just yeah. it happens. Listen, a lot I'm, of stats you know, guys would have a lot to say about. Well, that's probably true. Take there. I've only been to one. I think it's just about who wants. I'm it. I'm not saying it's, it's wrong about, necessarily. It's about who wants it more. I've only been to one <laughs> team competition. It was it was the Ryder or it was the Presidents Cup and was that 2013 mm-hmm. at at um, Muirfield Village. It rained like the entire oh, time. That's the most miserable week but, I've ever. You know what, man? The, the momentum thing is totally totally accurate. Like <laughs> you could just hear the roars across the across the property. You there. couldn't. You were in the C suite that week. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were out there slumming it with the umbrellas and Tron's in there with all the free hospitality. Uh Webb steps up to the eighth tee in singles and hits a cold shank. Uh Poulter Birdie seventeen and eighteen to beat him two up. But the US has still got this. Uh an incredible sequence of events has to happen. So while the Europeans won the first five matches that were sent out, <laughs> DJ defeats Colsarts to give the U.S. an 11-10 to 10 lead. Alpha. Would watch that match. Rose drains a 35-footer on the 17th to tie the match against Phil. That's when Phil does the over-the-head clap. Over-the-head clap and thumbs up at Rose, who's just <laughs> playing out of his mind. Rose just walks towards him with like yeah. two arms extended. Uh, Rose goes on to birdie 18 to win one up. So this was a, a red flag on the 17th tee that turns blue. ZJ defeats D, uh, GMAC 12 to 11. It was a total pillow fight. ZJ shot even. That um, was. It's like the undercard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Westwood disposed of Kucher 12th. And so now it's 12 12, but the U.S. Sorry is, for your loss, Tron. Is in great no, shape. This, this was. Right about the time when I'm this is when it switched pounding the like Kucher's <laughs> disgrace. Oh, I thought you were gonna say this is right about the time you switched to a Europe fan. <laughs> no, because if you get into Kucher's Ryder Cup, especially singles, yeah, it's not good, it's bleak. <laughs> yeah, were you team Euro now for sure? No, 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 I was still team US, but the seeds had been planted. <laughs> well, they were planted two years ago, it sounds like, They're or is still. this the year? This is 12. Yeah. yeah, I've been fully team Europe. 14 and 16. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, when when I, was, I wasn't I was crushed. When did you get married? Uh, 2015. 15. Okay. <laughs> you, should, you should know that a little quicker. Uh, so, Westwood disposes of Kucher. The U.S. is still in good shape. Just Furyk just needs to hold on against Sergio. He's one up again playing the 17th hole. Uh, just needs Stricker to hold on in his match as well um, and uh, against Keimer. And Duff has a comfortable lead over Hansen. He should be the 13th point, and Tiger has a lead over Molinari. Well, Furyk bogeys 17 and 18 to throw the match to Sergio. 18 Are you saying you did it on purpose? Whoa. <laughs> bombshell allegation. It, it seems that way because 17 and 18 were not set up difficult at all, um, and so he loses. So Sergio makes two pars to win the match. Again, all of these things have to happen just for Europe to have a chance, including that Phil and Rose match that's already turned. Well, I think that's a that's a subplot too is not setting anything up hard. Yeah, that the U.S. Yeah. it's disgusting. Uh, that's that's really when I started 
<laughs> really turned you know tide yeah. started turning the worm and turned i mean they set it up like, super easy in europe too it's all Ryder cup's always set up for birdies uh but so all right so it's tw- it's 13 12 now was the key match when when furick lost that to sergio so we're not done throwing up all over ourselves here stricker bogeys the 17th hole and is now one down heading into last he needs to make birdie he runs a putt like 15 feet past makes the par Keimer has two putts to win the Ryder Cup. He blows it five feet past and makes the comebacker. Tiger, or which was cool, he would had been in the wilderness. Yeah, at that point, came well, back on. Was he a captain's pick or what was? Well, he shot somewhere around even. Stricker shot one over. I just mean like yeah. in, his, in his career. Like yeah, Randy like he, and I had seen him at maybe it was the year after. Saw him at Harbor Town. Yeah, and like he couldn't find the club face. It wasn't good. So the European team celebrates uh they have retained the cup at minimum uh the top the cup can still be tied tiger is in the 18th fairway uh has a one-up lead and it's just the whole thing kind of loses some energy but tiger hits it on the green three putts it missing about a three-footer and then gives molinari his putt to win the Ryder cup and i've always said tiger's never taken enough heat for just like seemingly giving up on his little short putt I meant to find the quote. I didn't find it, but he said something like, yeah, the cup had already been decided. It didn't matter. But there's a difference between winning and tying the cup, I think. I know that Europe retains it, but uh, I was always, that always made me – I mean, the, the crowd is – I just, think it was an honorable thing for Kat to do. I, I think so, too. Yeah, it was like uh, seppuku. Oh, like nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a shit about tying but not yeah. – Yeah, I think there's I got to say, I, don't, I, I can't find a big – I mean, Tiger's there. an alpha. He doesn't. He doesn't I, I see what you're saying, and, and I he somewhat want a, agree. But runner-up trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's better for the Ryder Cup. Otherwise, you, everyone's got to explain like, oh, well, it was a tie, but because of this last one, so they keep it. So, but we're still like tie, champions but, of life. But they won. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's would have good. have some pride, and at least they, they didn't beat you that week. Is what I would. I feel like I Tiger's say. probably got a lot of pride. He but does, they, but he but hit for that all ostensible really purposes, yeah. like they. Did beat you because they still yeah. retain the cup. Well, I know, yeah. but like he had, he like hit that putt this, really quickly. It almost seems like the whole. It almost seems like one of those moments where Tiger, uh, it's kind of like the fifty nine thing, where he's like, yeah, I never think about fifty nine because like I, I did it at Isleworth in practice, so like <laughs> I, I've shot fifty nine before. It's the same thing where he's almost like trying to prove that he knows the rules so well that he's like, oh yeah, well I missed because we tied to so retained, and so yeah, I was already four steps ahead of you guys. Like so that's why it didn't matter. <laughs> Tiger goes o three and one. Stricker goes 0-4. Uh, Big-ass President's Cup, though. Again, <laughs> the U.S. wins three sessions, ties one and loses one, and loses the cup. Uh, Stricker's the first ever captain's pick to go 0-4. So between 2010 and 2012, there's nine sessions. U.S. wins six of them. Europe wins two, and they tie one, and Europe won both cups. They won two sessions and two cups, and they won both. Well, should Davis Love have to wear that for picking a guy that goes 0-4? A little bit, I it, think. Yeah, I think a lot bit. And then is this is this where the task force comes in? Yes. Oh, not yet. No, That's no, after no. 14. Okay. We'll get that. Oh, four, <laughs> yeah. 14. 14. That's after. The Watson. <laughs> we got some good stuff. It's after the bus accident involving <laughs> Phil and So during this time. I'm ready of, to grab a drink before 14. <laughs> during this time of crisis, the U.S. has won nine. From 08 to 12, U.S. has won nine sessions. Europe has won three, and two of them were tied. And the U.S. only won one cup in that time. On to 2014. Tom Watson. Glenn Eagles. Versus. Paul McGinley at Glen Eagles in Scotland. Let's Classic run. Scottish golf. Let's run through these rosters. Is it possible for them to have a, a tournament at like a non 
not a trash course, but just like a non-resort. No, no. It's like <laughs> good question. But no. <laughs> Only four groups out on the course at a time with as many tickets as they sell and all the hospitality. Like it's just not. It's just not. And the the courses are just always going to be just huge Ancillary. arenas. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's um it's one place where I'm kind of fine with that. Uh, Tom Watson's team, U.S. team. Tom's 65 years old. Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, Jim Furyk, Jimmy Walker, Phil Mickelson, Matt Kuchar, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, Zach Johnson. And the three captains' picks are Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, and Hunter Mayhem. Yuck. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Yeah. Paul McGinley's. So Paul, that was when I was officially. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Tron's a Euro fan. No. Don't blame you at yeah. all here. Paul McGinley's European team is Rory McIlroy, Henrik, Victor Dubuisson. Oh. Jamie Donaldson, Sergio, Justin Rose, Martin Keimer, Thomas Bjorn, Graham McDowell, and the captain's picks are Stephen Gallagher. You know who's next? Uh, oh, Poulter. Yeah, yeah Poulter yeah, and Lee Westwood. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were trying to trick me. No, no, no. Gallagher. I, we, need, we need to go back and count how and many Stephen times. Stephen Gallagher, the mega, uh, like, the nativist pick. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Scotland yeah. pick, which uh, no, it didn't. He's. I thought Gallagher was... Was Welsh? He's Scottish. No, I'm, Donaldson. I'm thinking Donaldson. Yeah, Donaldson yeah. as well. Gallagher. Um, Tom Watson <laughs> trimmed the captain's picks down from four to three. In late July, Dustin Johnson announces he will be taking a leave of absence from golf and would miss the. Was this the jet ski accident? No, this no, this is, was just a leave of absence. Okay. This was just the six-month <laughs> yeah. leave of absence. Uh, extends the qualifying to the tenth-place finisher, and that spot goes to Zach Johnson. Watson selects Keegan Webb and Mayhan. Billy Horschel had just finished second in Boston and then won the BMW Championship and the Tour Championship, but the team was already selected, so Horschel was left at home. Sorry, man. We already printed the rain suits with the names <laughs> on the back. There's nothing we can do. Uh, Webb Simpson says, I thought I've got nothing to lose, so I texted Tom something like, <laughs> I know it's a really tough decision for you. I know Chris Kirk just won. I know Bill Haas is playing really good, and you even have other options other than that, but I really want to be on the team. Uh, I'm sorry, I really, really, really want to be on the team, and I really want to represent the United States. I love this format, and I'll do anything to be on the team. And, and I also have some compromising photos of you that you might not want getting out. So. <laughs> this is like at 4.30 in the morning, and Simpson said, I, I, I told him about my passion for the Ryder Cup, uh, for my one experience, how much I cared about it, how much I believed I thought I could bring to the team. Nothing over the other guys, but just, hey, you know, Medina's still there. I think about it, and I want another shot. I didn't have a lot of interaction with Captain in terms of texting and phone calls throughout the year. He would text me occasionally that I'm on his radar, but it was kind of the first time I expressed to him how badly I want to be on the team. By the end of the phone call, Watson congratulated uh, Simpson <laughs> and told him he would be named as a captain's pick later that day, after he had already leaked to people that he was going to be selecting Bill Haas. Uh, Jimmy Walker, Spieth, and Patrick Reed are the Ryder Cup rookies. Um, and Poulter comes into this with a 12 and three Ryder Cup record. He's I not think you got a, you know, Walker. You can backstop in four ball. Right, That's true. That's totally true. So you got to remember that here. Uh, I'm sure that was a consideration. Sorry, this is the year where nine nationalities were represented by Europe. Phil opens the proceedings by saying that uh, within our t talking about the team aspect, and he says, "Well, at least we don't litigate against each other." In what is the whitest <laughs> trash talk in the history of trash talk, as GMAC and Rory were involved in a lawsuit over Rory leaving Horizon Management. <laughs> Among Rory's per uh, perpetrated grievances was not receiving terms comparable to McDowell's. Uh, Rory's filed suit the day before GMAC's wedding and didn't attend the nuptials. 
Rory later settled for nearly $30 million. If you want an idea for how much money Rory has, he just like wrote a check for $30 million to avoid going to court. Uh, there was some controversy around the captaincy. As Darren Clark had previously endorsed Paul McGinley, then later threw his hat in the ring, which started a feud. Sick. Uh, Clark, in a letter, had informed McGinley that he wasn't interested in the job for 14, but at, which helped clear the way for McGinley's captainship. But shortly after the 2012 Ryder Cup in Medina, Clark pulled an about face, tossing his hat back into the ring to captain the 14 team. And in Clark's corner was Ryder Cup stalwart Lee Westwood, who went to bat for the burly Northern Irishman at a tournament press conference in Turkey. I think Clark and Monty should be co-captains. Of every team. Of every team. Because so, Clark, his, his hair and his beard and sunglasses and all that, I mean... Well, this is kind of when he, he started like getting buff again, right? He started being like yeah. a playboy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then Clark changed his mind again, proclaiming that he'd rather play on the 14 team than captain it. He also said, whoever is standing on that stage opposite Tom Watson needs a huge presence. We seriously need the right man for the job. So Clark was then backing Colin Montgomery to be, again, the captain of the 14. Roy McElroy tweets, Ryder Cup captaincy should be a one-time thing. Everyone deserving gets their chance and moves on. I would love to play under Paul McGinley in 2014. So basically, like, Rory supports the Irishman. Yeah. And, um, so then there's, uh, like, with Paul McGinley and Darren Clark were, like, super close. Like, Paul McGinley withdrew from the 06 PGA to attend Darren Clark's wife's funeral. Like, that's how close they were. Um, and then, yeah, Lee Westwood backed Darren Clark. And then it was interesting for McGinley. He's like, do I select a guy that didn't want me as captain? And he eventually did select Lee Westwood for the team. Lee so. Westwood's a generational player. Yeah. Get to Friday. Ted Scott is shown on TV warming up head warmers for Bubba Watson on the first tee. It was one of my favorite images. Well, we forgot. Uh, Ricky came in. This was the excessive jingoism, right? What was that? When he had USA shaved into his head. That's correct. <laughs> Rory, yeah. Randy, do you care to comment? <laughs> I mean, that is shocking to hear. It's completely and shocking to hear Rick. One, of, one, one of the British tabloids called him a thuggish jingoist. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I'm upset I missed that. Uh, this is the year that Ricky finished top five at all four majors. This is uh, And Bubba's on this team as the Masters sure. champion for the second time. How many did he win? So, uh, How many did you win, Randy? <laughs> Same amount as Ricky. <laughs> Friday, Bubba again pumps up the crowd on opposing territory. This time he's playing with Webb. The starter confused the two of them uh, and called Webb Simpson Bubba, Bubba Watson. Webb then skies his opening tee shot oh, and barely made it to the fairway. <laughs> I think that's my favorite Ryder Cup yes. memory of all time. They lose 5-4 and four in the opening match. After begging for a captain's pick, Webb is benched until singles. Spieth and Reed go out and demolish Poulter and Gallagher. Their, com- their combined age is 45 years old, which is the youngest in U.S. history. Keegan and Phil beat Sergio and Rory 2.5 to 1.5 after the four-ball set. And, uh, so it's 2.5 to 1.5 after the four-ball session. Coming off their 5-4 and four win, Tom Watson benches Spieth and Reed. <laughs> the U.S. musters a half a point, which is uh, Walker and Fowler, and they lose the rest of the matches and trail 5-3 to three at the end of day one. Speed said, I was 100% certain we were going back out. Watson said, they were very upset with me for not playing them this afternoon. I said, I know but you're going to... it's time they learned life's not one big party. <laughs> I said, I know you're going to be mad at me, but you'll be playing Saturday for sure. I thought at the time that was the best decision not to play them. Bubba was probably wondering this... where all the Eagles were. 
I can't stress enough too. This was like it's not second guessing. Everybody was like first guessing yes. yeah. as this was happening. Yeah, and uh, asking for what those reasons were for the decisions. Tom said, "I won't go into those." Saturday morning, uh, Jim Furyk with his one eight and one career record in four ball is sent out in the Saturday morning session, and he wins. No one circles the wagon like Jim Furyk. Uh, Rose and Stenson go out and shoot 12 under in four balls, which is a Ryder Cup record. They beat Kucher and Bubba 3-2, and two, which is hats kind of off impressive. to Kucher and yeah, Bubba. Exactly. Uh, U.S. chips away again, two, and it's now uh, winning the session 2.5 to 1.5, and, and Reed and Spieth annihilate Bjorn and Keimer 5-3. and three. The afternoon is again a disaster. They get half a point in foursomes, which comes from Reed and Spieth. Reed misses a short putt on the 16th hole to, cost the, to eventually cost the U.S. the match. Uh, after playing two matches Friday, Phil sits both matches on Saturday. We will get to Phil here shortly. <laughs> Karen Krause buries Tom Watson before Sunday singles. Unlike his, unlike his, Krause, no. yeah. unlike his predecessor, Davis Love III, whose team lost to the Europeans for the seventh time in nine competitions, Watson does not have a close relationship with the players he would be leading. Instead of big brother closeness that Love brought to the team room, Watson appealed to Ted Bishop, PGA of America, president because he was a no-nonsense old-school patriarch with a record that commanded respect. I think Ted I actually, Bishop. I actually cut off the rest of the, the bearing. Of the, I didn't copy the rest of that article in there. But it's, Ted Bishop's about to get a little too much respect after, yeah. uh, after this. <laughs> so, um, Sunday's never close, but Reed arrives on the first tee and a fan yells out, Did you practice your putt Patrick? And, like, the rest of the crowd oh, and Reed... <laughs> Reed turns and like makes his famous like arms out gesture, like what the hell, man? So during and so Reed is pissed. During his singles match on the seventh hole versus Stenson, Reed sinks his second straight birdie to have the hole. Turns to the pro-European crowd and gives them the shush sign. He then proceeded to pump his fist and yell, "Come on!" on the way to the next tee, which caused Jack Nicholas to ask on Sky Sports, "What in the world is he doing? He's gonna incite a riot." Reed goes on to win his match, twirling his club and stalking his approach into the par five finishing hole. Rory destroys Ricky five and four. Spieth falls, falters in the opening match against GMAC. Keegan's last Ryder Cup goes out with a whimper as Jamie Donaldson stuffs it as a walk-off. Europeans have retained. He loves one onto the green. Yeah. Uh, Ricky went 0-2 and 3, Randy. Yeah, he played a lot of matches. Um, yeah, he and Walker. T- he he and Walker played all four matches together, and they they have the first three together, and they sent him out for one more, and they were just exhausted. I think that's lost. the Ryder Cup I watched the most of. Yeah, for whatever reason. That one. Um, come on, let's get to the press. Conference. Okay, that's a, that's yeah. mo- almost all the. Bubba went zero and three, by the way. Uh, yes, Bubba moved his career record at the Ryder Cup on foreign soil to one and six. <laughs> Anyone that was on uh, question at the press conference, anyone that was on the team at Valhalla, can you put your finger on what worked in 2008 and what hasn't worked since? Mickelson. There were two things that allow us to play our best that I think Paul Azinger did, and one was he got everybody invested in the process. He got everybody invested in who they were going to be playing with, who the picks were going to be, who was going to be in their pod, when they would play, and they had a great leader for each pod. In my case, we had Ray Floyd, and we hung out together and we were all invested in each other's play. We were invested in picking Hunter that week. Anthony Kim and myself and Justin were in a pod, and we were involved in having Hunter be our guy to fill our pod, so we were invested in the process. And the other thing that Paul did really well was he had a great game plan for us. You know how we were going to go about doing this. We were going to go about playing together, the golf ball format, and what we were going to do. If so-and-so was playing well, if so-and-so was not playing well, we had a real game plan. Those two things helped us bring out our best golf. And I think that, you know, 
we all do the best that we can and we're all trying our hardest. And I'm just looking back at what gave us the most success because we use the same process in the President's Cup and we do really well. Unfortunately, we have strayed from the winning formula in 08 for the last three Ryder Cups and we need to consider maybe getting back to that formula that really helped us play the best. Next question. Oh, that felt like a pretty brutal destruction of the leadership that's gone on this week, Phil. Oh, oh I'm sorry you're taking it that way. I'm just talking about <laughs> what Paul Azinger did beep, to help us play our beep, best. Beep. It's certainly, I don't understand why you would take it that way. You asked me what I thought we should do going, going, toward, going forward to bring out our best golf, and I go back to when we played our best golf and try to replicate the formula. So that didn't happen this week, Phil? Uh, no, nobody here was involved in any decision, so no. So the question goes to Watson. Can you tell us what you think of what Phil said about Paul Azinger? Tom Watson, I had a different philosophy as far as being a captain of this team. You know it takes 12 players to win. It's not pods. It's 12 players. And I felt I based my decisions on, yes, I did talk to the players, but my vice captains were very instrumental in making decisions as to whom to pair with. I had a different philosophy than Paul. I decided not to go that way. But I did have most of them playing the practice rounds together who played most of the time in the matches I think that was the proper thing to do. Yes, I did mix and match a little bit from there, but again, you have to go with the evolution of the playing of the match and see who is playing the best to who to play with whom, and that's what I did. Question, do you think that Phil was being disloyal because it sounded like that? Watson says, not at all. He has a difference of opinion. That's okay. My management philosophy is different than his. So Andy North, Ray Floyd, and Stricker were the ass captains? Yes. Okay. Uh, Furyk gives a long quote, but at the end of it, he goes, if I could put my finger on it, I would have changed this shit a long time ago, but we haven't. <laughs> And we're going to keep searching. Afterwards, on the day after, Jamie Donaldson goes on the Golf Channel and says, I'm still drunk on television. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bubba pushes his re- uh, four and soil record to one and six. Uh, Watson's captain's picks go two, five, and one. Um, the rookies go six, two, and four. So there's a bit of, uh, a, bit of a bright spot there. There's a groundswell of support here for getting more rookies involved yes. as well, if I remember right. Faldo goes on the air and rips Sergio's 08 performance and just got roasted. He goes on and says, refers to Garcia as useless and insists that he had a bad <laughs> attitude. Sergio comments on it. He goes, that's unfortunate, uh, he said with a laugh. I guess he doesn't feel European. That's the only thing I think of. You know, There's a lot of things I could say about Nick Faldo, but I'm not going to put myself to his level. You've got one of the best Ryder Cup pairings of all time being sat down on a Saturday morning of a Ryder Cup that we go on to lose, says Graham McDowell. I'd say Sergio was fairly useless that afternoon. Yeah, because he wasn't able to play. So, yeah, I agree. Talking about the 08 <laughs> match when, when uh, Faldo set Sergio. GMAC might be the best. McElroy, who played with Garcia and struggled through 36 holes with him on the opening day, put his arm around the Spaniard and said, you're not useless. And thus the end of the 2014 Ryder Cup. Any other lasting memories for that one? Because this is now we're like no laying up exists as, as of this point. This right. is the first Ryder Cup that we actually like somewhat covered. I just remember uh, one of my favorite tweets of yours of all time was when NBC was NBC doing the broadcast. Mm-hmm. They started to have like some really bad technical <laughs> difficulties right when like shit started getting really bad for the U.S. And so I tweeted a Vine of uh, shout out to Vine of uh, from Forrest Gump when that. Soldiers ripping all the cables out. I love that. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> so Tom Watson in the in the, in the NBC. NBC truck. Uh, we might have to dig that tweet up. That's one of my favorites. Go ahead. For, I mean, first of all, I was, was I was still in Atlanta at this point. I just remember celebrating like all night. Was, yeah, huge night for you. Yeah. I'm still drunk. You know, you know, my wife is has Swedish citizenship, and we yeah we just 
we went nuts and just you know celebrated with our European friends. Uh, the, I celebrated by moving to Europe the next day. Like that was I, my was apartment part of was the, all packed up. Was that uh, under the direction of the task force? Correct. Yeah. Trying to put down some American roots over there. I had to go uh, figure, figure out, out the system. Their, their winning ways. So the task force is involved. Is is invented now? Correct. So 2016 DL three versus Darren Clark. Do you have a question, Randy? No, well, yeah, I guess. Did Ooh. Tom Watson deserve the criticism? Yeah. For sure, I like think so, yeah, right? <laughs> like for sure. Yeah. And I would couch that by saying, like, I would say the captain is almost always like over, yes, inflated. Like the importance of the captain is always over exaggerated. You can't, except for that point, <laughs> like that. Like I don't think you can do that much good, but you can do a lot of bad. How, how does a guy like him screw it up that that badly? It's 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 not being in touch with what's going on, and the, the captain's picks were just weak selections. I mean, I, I remember you specifically, Randy. were like, uh, we're calling for like a blow up of the system. You, I forget who the young names were. I remember them being really outrageous that you threw out. He's like, Kepka. Give me, yeah. Oh, we. That was the early days of campaigning for Kepka. But it was like, just just throw them all out there. Just throw the young guys out there. What do we have to lose? We lose this every year. Like, we might as well go down swinging. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, I'm too, seeing, is seeing those same getting your asses kicked five, in foursomes. Like, that's where the captain yeah. Yeah. matters, actually. Yeah. They lost 7-1 to one in foursomes. Well, and then benching your best twosome. Yeah. Well, and it's also just, yeah, a captain can't get a well, – Paul Azinger did, but he can't get a ton out of, like, a bad team, a, a non-talented team. Almost always the more talented team wins. European well, had a great the, team. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Is like This isn't like high school golf that we're right. talking about here. Like All the people on both teams, like the margin between them over 18 holes is so small. Correct. I think that, I, I don't know, it, there are some intangible things you can do to, to make a difference, I guess. It's just, on some level, I mean, it's just, it's it's probably a little bad luck when you're ripped as being a bad captain, but... There's for sure a lot of there luck. There was a lot but of like, created like luck the cap- here Yeah, as yeah. Well. The captain's most important role is strictly intangibles, I think. But they Just had creating a, yeah. a good atmosphere, yeah. um, managing egos. Feeling like stuff. you're part of the process, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, if the U.S. like this year tees up so well with pairings, like it would take a lot of effort to really screw up. Like if JT and Tiger were to play together and Reed and Spieth were to play together and DJ and Brooks, like that is... If that's 75% of your roster, no one can question any of those decisions. But you can get too cute with it and pair people that don't want to be paired together. And Again, it's all going to come down to kind of who What's plays it? the best. But I think that's what Phil's quote is like, captain's putting you in a position to play your best is what's important. What I've heard too, I mean, it sounds like Phil likes to be exceptionally involved in the process yeah. and comes with all of his own stats and works with statisticians as far as who, who he should be paired with in, in foursomes and yep. all that stuff. So, I, but I, I think kind of the question too is like, did did he deserve that publicly? And I think it kind of had to it had to happen publicly for them to really change the system. And the system changed from then there on. And it's it's small sample size, but things are working out much different. I guess now. that's where I disagree. I mean, I, I I think it's effective to do it publicly, but I think the system was going to change either way. Yeah, based on what Furyk has said and what DL three has said and. And all that, it, yeah. it kind of seems like. And if you do read Phil's quote like closely, it isn't personal to Watson. It does reference like what happened this week is not the way that it's it should be. Just inherently personal, just yeah. captain season. Of course, personal. it is, and it, it so it, it wasn't meant as an attack on Tom Watson. It was just kind of like this isn't the way we should do it. And not even from the captain standpoint, like the brain trust of the PGA of America and the committee that eventually was formed to like 
like build this system up of guys that are going to come through the ranks of being assistant captains to eventually become captains instead of like swooping in for your two years of captaincy without any real like Tom had been removed from the process for how many years and he, to get thrown back into it it just wasn't it wasn't a good fit so regardless that team was not very good um 2016, Davis Love third versus Darren Clark. So following the European victory, the PGA of America created the Ryder Cup Task Force. It consisted of three PGA officials and eight players with Ryder Cup experience. Uh, there were three previous captains, which were Ray Floyd, Tom Lehman, and Davis Love, with Ricky Fowler, Jim Furyk, Phil Mickelson, Steve Stricker, and Tiger Woods. Task Force considered a number of issues, including the selection of the Ryder Cup captain and vice captains and the team selection process. So the conclusion of this task force were announced uh, in, on February 24th, 2015, which announced a number of changes for the 2016 contest. Davis Love's going to be the captain. New criteria were specified for selection of vice captains. In addition, a number of changes were made to the team selection process, and then the 11-man task force disbanded after that announcement and was replaced with a smaller six-man Ryder Cup committee. Like the Fellowship of the Ring. I think they were tired of people making fun of the, uh, of the task force. Yeah. So, the committee includes Love, Mickelson, and Woods. So for everyone that thinks Phil might not be on the team, <laughs> he's like on the committee. He's going to be on the team. So there are a number of changes from 14. The captain's picks were increased from three to four, and selections being made later than, uh, than they were previously, especially moving the fourth and last pick to less than a week before the Ryder Cup, right after the completion of the Tour Championship, which is otherwise known as the Horschel Rule. Uh, Kepka is the, the lone rookie on, to make it on points. Um, let's go through the, the entire roster there. Uh, again, captained by DL3, it's DJ, Spieth, Phil, Patrick Reed, Jimmy Walker, Kepka, Snedeker, ZJ. And the four captains' picks are JB Holmes, Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, and Ryan Moore. For Europe, Darren Clark's team is Rory McElroy, Danny Willett, Henrik Stinson, Chris Wood, Sergio, Rafa, Justin Rose, Andy Sullivan, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, Martin Keimer, and Thomas Peters. So the Euros have four rookies on points. Willett, Wood, Sullivan, and Fitzpatrick. I kind of forgot about Sullivan. I totally forgot that he played in the event. Um, Tiger Woods is a vice captain. Uh, Going back. ass captain. Yeah. Going back. uh, Maybe the ass captain. (laughs) Ryan Moore loses in a playoff to Rory at the Tour Championship. Love decides that evening that Moore is getting the call. On that same night, Arnold Palmer died. There was a big planned announcement for the pick during Sunday Night Football, which later gets subdued because of the uh, announcement of the death of Arnie. So, yeah, uh, Ryan Moore has got to get fit for clothing, clothing and has got to be like in uh, at Hazeltine by the next day after being in a playoff in the Tour Championship. And this was kind of my team. whole point with, like, these guys are so close together on on their talent level and yeah. all the stuff that it's like. Look, I know we have a two year two year qualifying process, but you know what? I really this guy really impressed me. It's like just <laughs> my thing is, like, all right, this is this thing generates seventy five million dollars each one of them. They can't take sizes from guys who aren't on the team. I think they the do yeah. eight weeks before. I think they, do, I think yeah. they actually do do that, but yeah. um, but like his all the name plates and everything. None, like the twenty three of them are printed, and they're just waiting for the last spot. So yeah. like all the bags yeah. and everything, and um, or none of that's arranged until the the very next day. So uh, Tiger's the, the vice the ass captain. Lee Westwood's thoughts. I don't know what impact there will be from having Tiger around. They have always struggled to find a partner for Tiger that's been successful. He could have an adverse effect in the team room. People have always seemed to try to do too much when uh, when they're partnered with him. Lee Westwood went zero and three in the matches. 
Uh, Darren Clark. There might be nothing better than like the overthinking of oh, yeah. the Ryder Cup as well. Dar- Darren Clark, there seem to be some issues about team spirit and chemistry. Love has not picked a Bubba Watson, and I don't know what that does for team spirit. He was first outside on points qualification and is number seven in the world. Bubba then volunteers to be an assistant captain despite not getting picked and shows up and acts an assistant captain. Ted, Ted Scott came too, which I'm really confused. I actually give Bubba a lot of credit. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I just thought it was weird that... That's, that's, that's big of you, Tron. <laughs> basically, you had a... the Bubba would not be picked, not for golf reasons. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. He's seventh in the world at the time and was one out of the on points. So you basically don't pick him for personality. So then you bring him into the team room for personality yeah, and fair. don't bring his golf clubs. It was kind of just a weird... Again, it's a pretty I, fair point. A theme, I think, that the U.S. You know, the process worked, but like the European team this year was just so poor that it kind of wiped out a lot of stuff that happened, I think. My main takeaway from watching was, A, that the pro tracer on that one hole where it was like DJ, yeah. Kepka, DJ Kepka, Peters, and Kucher. And then Kucher was just no, 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 like no, it, was, uh, it out to the right. Rory, Rory. Right. And uh, no, but, but Kucher was, was... It was Rory yeah. and, yeah, whoever it was, like... Was it DJ and Kucher were, they were paired together? Three, 360. And Rory and Peters, yeah. And they all took the same line, and Kucher was about 60 yards <laughs> right of the dog leg. That and then Fitzpatrick just getting vaporized. Well, he only got the – what did he only get? Like two – did he play two matches? Yeah, and he just looked like he brought a water pistol out. Yeah. And, and he didn't really have his game. You could tell he was nervous and stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, leading into the event, Danny Willett's brother does him no favors. He writes a supposedly satirical column about American fans, says U.S. fans are brainless. They're pudgy, basement-dwelling irritants stuffed on cookie dough and pissy beer, <laughs> pausing between mouthfuls of hot dogs so they can scream ba ba until their jelly faces turn red. That's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> L- look, he makes a lot of good points. <laughs> To be honest, he got absolutely roasted by the fans, and uh, this was this was right. This <laughs> Take was, your fucking satire somewhere else. <laughs> this is a month we don't want it. The election and uh, things were taking a bit of a, a populist turn in the United <laughs> States of America. I think if he wasn't Danny Willett's brother, if he was say Lee Westwood's brother or somebody else's brother, yeah, well, it was kind of, still kind of an unknown quantity. Yeah. Uh, Rory's coming in vibing. He won two playoff events in the FedEx Cup. And also worth noting that Tiger's uh, rocking the chin strap beard at this point. <laughs> sure. Uh, Friday morning, U.S. sweeps the morning foursomes. Spieth and Reed win 3-2. and two. Uh, This is the only team match that Rory loses. In the afternoon, Rose and Stenson go off on Reed and Spieth, and they finally lose their first match as partners. Sneds and Kepka are the only group that gets on the board for the U.S., and the day ends with the U.S. up 5-3. to three. Rory eagles the 16th hole to seal he and Peter's match, and he takes a bow to the crowd as the, as the evening ended. Again, he's vibing pretty hard. Uh, Saturday morning, foursomes again go to Europe. Rory and Peter's dispose of Phil and Ricky. Sneds and Kepka combine for another win. Reed and Spieth run out of steam and end up having their match against RCB. Uh, now, this that is when. Big. Yeah. So, but. That was the last match out, so uh, Love had already submitted the pairings for that afternoon. So Reed and Spieth were going to go back out, but after seeing them falter that morning, he probably would have sat them. Spieth is just absolutely toast, and on Saturday afternoon, Reed delivers one of the all-time Ryder Cup performances, strapping Jordan Spieth to his back and carrying him across the finish line to beat Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson in a four-ball match that had Rose's caddy applauding in Reed's direction. 
just after they shook hands at the end of the 16th green. Uh, I think Griller needs some some, some props there, there too. Uh, the yeah. highlight was Reed holding an eagle from the fairway on the sixth hole, uh, and then as he approached the 16th green, uh, the fans chanted uh, Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed over and over again, and Jordan Spieth got in on it. After Reed, I think, birdied the 16th hole, he starts leading the cheer. Patrick Reed! <laughs> Patrick Reed! Like, Greller was actually caddying for Reed at that point. It's <laughs> certainly possible. Um, this afternoon is when shit got really, really testy. Uh, Rory has an altercation with a fan. A fan yells out, Hey, Rory, suck a dick. And Rory <laughs> stops and has the fan ejected. Not very clever. Uh, he and Peters whoop up on Kepka and DJ that afternoon. And he, on the ninth tee box, he leans over to me with the pairing that uh, I wanted of DJ and Kepka and he, that he's beating and says, hey, you got your wish. <laughs> um, maybe the biggest alpha move. Maybe. Uh, so going into Sunday, Reed and Rory get the top billing. Uh, Reed eagles the fifth to get the match back to even in the drivable par four. He drives it and makes about an eight-foot eagle putt. Rory rolls in a birdie on the par 5-6 and unleashed a raving yell and a fist pump towards a fan that had previously said something to him and stared down the fan for an extended period of time. This was not suck a dick guy. This was someone this else. This was a different guy. Uh, did I already skip past uh, um, Sweet Caroline part? Yeah, I missed that part. But, yeah, one of the – he's the fans are taunting him throughout the week about Caroline Wozniacki for some reason. And uh, they're singing Sweet Caroline at him and uh, – he goes, sweet Caroline. He claps back, goes, oh, oh, oh. Good times never seem so good. Screams it right back at him. So he's just absolutely like vibing out of his mind. Reed answers Rory's birdie um, and bowed towards the crowd in an obvious mocking gesture towards Rory's Friday evening bow in the direction of the fans after he and Peters won their four-ball match. Rory's back was already turned, so he didn't see what Reed did next, which was wag his finger at him like Dikembe Mutombo. Seventh hole was more of the same. Reed makes birdie, loses his mind. Rory birdies on top of him, quietly turns towards the crowd and puts his fingers to his lips, does the vintage Patrick Reed shush move. They go to the eighth hole. Rory's 50 feet away on the par three, drains the 50-footer, puts both hands to his ears and yells, I can't hear you towards the fans surrounding the green. Reed follows by making a 25-foot birdie putt, turns to Rory, and finger wags at him. Rory backs down a little bit at this point, if I'm being honest. I think like, Rory's ran out of gas. Well, no, but Rory like he went up and like fist-pumped Reed after that. Like I don't think Reed was joking during <laughs> any of this. And Yeah, I think Rory was like having a good time. And, yeah, yeah, and Reed is like dead serious, and they fist-pump, and they kind of run out of gas. They get... Um, Reed makes a sloppy bogey on the 17th hole, and it goes to the 18th. Reed stuffs his approach. He's got about an eight-foot putt. He drains it, and before the putt even falls, is turning around, double-arming fist pump, and cements his place in Ryder Cup history for one of the most epic performances. Phil and Sergio have an insane match, both players shooting 63 to have it. Yeah, that uh, was nuts. The Euros got within one when Cabrebeo beat Jimmy Walker, but the U.S. went nuts, winning five of the next six match it, matches and have the other. They win singles seven and a half to, to four and a half, and they card a seventeen to eleven victory. Peters goes four and one. Fitzpatrick, Sullivan, Westwood, and Willett combine to go zero for ten. I think RCB needs a captain's pick. He's probably primed for one. I think that that final pick. 
Uh, Justin Rose goes ham in the press conference, and the European butthurt process begins again. <laughs> I thought the setup was incredibly weak. I thought it, it was, was very much a pro-am feel in terms of pin placements. They were all middle of the green. It was. I don't quite understand that, to be honest with you. We are world-class players. We want to showcase our skills. We want to be tested. For example, the water holes out there, all pins were as far away from the water as possible. The pin on 17 was an absolute joke. It's a nine iron into the middle of the green, then you stiff it. So with a match on the line, you kind of feel like you want to have something. You want to, you want a player to step up a little bit more than they have to. Rose shot like even par. It was a disgrace. Pro amp pins. U.S. team comes into the press conference just absolutely hammered. Uh, ZJ pops a bottle of champagne off into the crowd and yells, four left! <laughs> and uh, everything's good in the U.S. Ryder Cup world. And that's where our story ends. <sighs> Happy ending. That's where it picks up this year when Europe's going to dust them. We'll see about that. What was, oh. your, what was your favorite thing we, you, we learned today? Uh, Halimony. Halimony. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I'd forgotten about, I was reading while you were going on about Ted Bishop. I, oh, yeah. I had to refresh got, my memory while he, he got, got ousted. I didn't yeah. realize just how much of an alpha Corey Pavin's wife was. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Can we give a quick shout out to Ted Bishop? I'm sure there were many backroom situations going on, but Ted Bishop... Basically getting outed for calling. What did he say that Poulter was being a quote little girl? Yeah, he was acting like a little girl, screaming and pe- like a little girl, and people made it into like this really big sexist thing. Yeah, and he then lost the his job. Current PGA of America president just got a DUI and was in like the he <laughs> was in the commercials at the PGA Championship. Uh, whatever, who cares? I think I, I'm just picturing this. I think that Ted Bishop and Faldo were like drinking together. I have no inside info on this, but I I picture it as it was so random. It happened like yeah. in the middle of the night. And he's yeah. like, "How dare you challenge Faldo? He's a legend. <laughs> You're a little girl." That <laughs> got him fired or unfriended, like, as he said. With like 30 days to go in his uh, tenure. Yeah, yeah, right? it was excessively. Like, yeah. There may have been some other, maybe. You know, I'm sure there was parallel. Yeah. So. So that's it. That's the oral history of the Ryder Cup for the last twenty years. Great work. That's uh, a lot of that's a lot of research. It was a lot of fun. Um, I learned a lot along the way. Hopefully, you guys did as well. Tune into another episode of Hardcore History in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. All right. Let's get the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different?